Real rerun starting. Sorry. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? Uh, welcome, uh, welcome to this episode. We will we, we rewind. I'm your host Callum, joined as usual by George. Heavy metal. <laughs> I'm Alex. Yeah, that. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do an impression. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, so uh, we're on to uh, this week's uh, our film review, uh, film review episode, which we've after, after done around January. It's now um, George, George's pick. We've done a full rotation again. So, George, mm-hmm. um, what is your pick for this week? My pick this week. So, I tried to pick a film that I I kind of have like a weird history. Not that weird a history. It basically, was a case of I saw John Candy was in it, and I was like, I really want to watch this movie. I didn't see it for ages, and I saw it, and I was like, okay. Um, but I tried to pick something that we haven't really discussed before. Um, so I picked light porn. Well, I picked heavy metal, which is a 1981 Canadian uh, animated film. Was well, it an adult-oriented sci-fi fantasy animated film? But it's uh, directed by Gerald Potterton, um, and it's sort of an anthology of different little. Uh, stories and stuff with a connecting story over the top. It is based on a magazine. It is based on Heavy Metal magazine. I have not read or know anything about Heavy Metal magazine, so this could be a really good analogy of that, or it could be really bad. I don't know. Um, but it's got a big, like, predominantly Canadian cast. The most recognisable names, I think, are like Eugene Levy and Harold Ramey and John Candy as well. Um, yeah, I recognise John Candy's voice straight away. Probably with, like he's a few few characters, isn't he, in this? Yeah, um, but it, so this is something that we we haven't really discussed, I guess. Um, so I, I'm interested in what you guys think of Heavy Metal. I I've, my main thought is that some really visually impressive animation. Like I was quite impressed by some some of the rotoscoping. Some of it was really poorly done. It's been it's a weird thing. It's got a mix of really good animation, and really bad animation, and. Um, mm. It was um, done. Different sections were done by different animation studios. Yeah, it? you could definitely tell. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's all it's all terrible. Not all of it. Uh, well, it's like the thing of like I'm sure technically it's well done, but visually it looks horrible. I think. No, that, that's what yeah. I, that's what I was more going by because it's actually it's actually believe it or not got some very impressive rotoscoping in it, and in particular the final anthology story where she's flying around in the canyons was actually quite well done for hand drawn animation. I guess. I mean, it also I guess, the, just looks the, fight, the fights I noticed in the last bit were almost kind of slow-mo. Yeah. Well, it's also a thing of, like, I do think there's good rotoscoping in this, but there's way better examples of rotoscoping. <laughs> no, I, th- I think more for the time, though, as well. Um... I get... But then, like, Fire and Ice and Lord of the Rings came out before this, and Fire and Ice was around the same sort of time that... I, don't, I, I feel like... I'm sure technically there are elements that are really good, and I do think... But I... I don't think that's me sort of saying from a technical standpoint. I just I was I was I was okay. surprised by some stuff in there. Yeah, I know what you mean. Some of the animation is generally ugly. And, all ugly. Yeah, and um uh also a film that doesn't hold up now at all in terms of like it's just obviously like this graphic violence, sexuality, nudity, it's sexist and yeah. Mm. It's um mm. also from from like a plot point of view, some of them I like understood where it was going and others I'm like, what what? Like, so, you know, the the main plot, I guess, is the orb. A, a green sphere, which is, what, the heart of all evil? Yeah, it's called, like, Lava or something, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, yeah, the heart of all evil, and it is, you know, the... Lochnar, that's what it's called. Lochnar, yes. As if after Lochnar. But... Yes, um, and it's the heart of all evil, and it's 
it's about to like take over this like young girl and she's gonna become the center of all evil. It's like look into my sphere and you will see the <laughs> look into horrors my that I have caused. Um which some of them I'm like, oh okay, you know, here here's one about people betraying each other consistently. That makes sense. And then there's one where a woman gets abducted by aliens and a robot and then they just kind of fly off and then the robot's just like I want to get married, and then the pilots are like, "Oh, we're going to do some coke, and then fly a plane, and then it kind of ends." And it's like, "What does that have to do with anything?" Mm. That's not really the heart of all evil. That's just—it definitely is a case of I think the first couple. While I don't necessarily enjoy them, I think are the most cohesive with the framing device mm. and kind of follow that to a degree. And then there's like kind of a, a break and then it has nothing to do with the orb anymore particularly well yeah like yeah like you say like i don't really see much of a connection between stories at all other than the, like this is just the orb it's not they're not really connected are they no but as in like yeah. the, sort of this idea of like the orb is um evil. <laughs> evil and then the first one is they dig it up on this planet or in the future or something and then it's about like oh kind of like a crime it honestly the first one reminded me a lot of fifth element of yeah yeah this mm. future taxi driver has a woman come into his life and then kind of gets chased by gangsters or whatever but it's all about like them trying to sell the orb into the gangsters or whatever and the second one is this kid finds it and it transports him to another world and then the next one is the orb finds someone in corrupts them i guess i don't know and then I never, yeah i didn't quite understand what that was supposed to be going on there i don't know it's also it's the 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 court one yeah mm. it's also very very weird because in that one the main character the character who i think you follow and is your is i think supposed to be the hero in that story is a terrible person. They talk yeah. about he's like a serial killer. He, he's like a murderer and he's a serial rapist. And yeah. they also talk about a preschool. Selling drugs at a preschool or something, isn't it? I thought it was selling. I thought it was a preschool prostitution ring or something. It's what. Oh, it might the, even be. Don't they say? Like, yeah. Yeah. it's just weird of like, I don't. Why anyone would write that and be like, I've got a really cool idea. This, like, Zap Brannigan style dumb space captain um, is like at court and then kind of gets attacked by someone. But then you would be like, oh yeah, he's he's a rapist and a murderer and I don't know. It's just a very some bizarre stories. Again, I feel yeah. like it'd be good if we could sort of see like what some of the heavy metal magazine stories were. See mm. if it's generally just comes from that. There is a sequel, so I also yeah, didn't really know. Yeah, I also didn't really know, so I have to just looked this up, um, like last night. But there is a sequel called Terry Metal 2000, which I haven't seen. And then they were gonna do a remake, and that stalled in ages. And looking at it, they they were talking about like David Fincher was gonna produce it or something, and really? Tim Miller was involved, and Gilmar del Toro and Zack Snyder. They talked about Jack Black was gonna do one, James Cameron was gonna do a segment or something. I remember reading it and being like, this is pretty cool. And then I found out that, like, you know, Robert Rodriguez was going to do something with it or something. And then um, 
I found out that it, the reboot was released as a reimagining called Love, Death and Robots. Oh. oh. So, which doesn't have all those people involved, so I don't know what the state of that is. But Love, Death and Robots has got Tim Miller involved. So That's quite that. interesting, actually. Oh. Um, and Blur Studios, which is his studio. But um, I, I didn't watch all of Love, Death and Robots, and I didn't love every single one. But I can totally see where, like... That came from. Yeah, looking at that now and looking at heavy metal, I'm like, I can see the influence of like where that came from, but it's so much better. It's so way, way better done. I'm curious what the quality of um, Def- um, heavy metal 2000 is like. Mm. Well, I feel like this movie has got like a weird cult following where it. Yeah. I don't think it was particularly successful upon release, but I think it sort of gained a cult following. Well, one thing I thought was weird. I don't know if you guys thought this well. I thought the soundtrack was going to be much more heavy metal. <laughs> Well, it's, well, no, it's also the thing of, like, in the in the opening credits, they put, put like, songs by, and there's some great names on there. There's, like, Cheap Trick and Journey and Stevie Nicks. And I was like, ah, oh, sweet. Um, Devo's on there as well, I think. And then watching it, the Journey song, where I was like, oh, I like open arms, plays quietly in the background while he's while the cab driver's talking to the woman. But I was like, this is a, such a weird... For a film called Heavy Metal and with all these, like, great artists like with a legitimately pretty impressive soundtrack for this movie they don't really use it mm, yeah like, you know the first one is it starts off with this like so i don't know what song it is but a sweet song playing while a spaceman drives like a corvette from space and yeah. i was like yeah this is awesome and then the soundtrack kind of predominantly seems to disappear into the background and it's a bit like why did you get all of these I mean, I guess because you were like, oh, we're doing a film called Heavy Metal, we'll make money off the soundtrack. But it is a bit like, you really didn't use these to the best of their abilities. But... No, I know what you mean by they were sort of drawing the background a lot. Yeah, they were there. Lot, some of you sort of, sort of watching a scene and listening to it. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a song in the background. It's quite, yeah, drowned out. Oh, that's a... Um, it's very weird. I also don't like the animation. I think I said it's pretty... I think it's, it's all generally quite gross. And while I'm sure technically there are great aspects i think there are better examples of all of those things oh um, no, yeah. No, yeah i agree but um it, it it definitely looked like you're reading you, you didn't look like you were watching an old comic though which is quite an aspect i thought they were going for it, it works in that respect it really reminded me of fritz the cat fritz the cat mm, which is okay. a, another adult oriented animated film by ralph bakshi i think maybe not i can't remember um but visually, it reminded me a lot of that. Like, all of the designs of, like, backgrounds and the characters and stuff reminded me a lot of Fritz the Cat. But I was like, oh, maybe a lot of the animators carried across. And I can't I can't comment if they did or not. I don't know. But it reminded me a lot of that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say, though, like, I, I feel like there wasn't really a single... And, for, like, one of the stories that like, I, I sort of stood out to me. I thought they were all pretty just marvel, you mm. know. Yeah, I was going to ask what's everyone's favourite story, because I think I know mine. I, I think I'd have to go with the cab driver, the taxi driver, yeah. the first one. See, I think my favourite is the World War Two bomb. Yeah, that... that oh, actually, yeah, that was not bad. That one was quite... Again, I thought that was actually one of the most visually interesting visually interesting ones, interesting one as well, because kind of, that sort of style kind of suited that environment they were trying to yeah. go for that. I think also it's like short and somewhat of an interesting concept the idea of like zombies coming alive on a bomber plane or whatever 
I think was is kind of cool. And it doesn't like push. They don't reveal that the pilot is a rapist or that he's like snorting coke or anything. Like all the yeah. others are just egregious and they're just. I, I, I think the only one which stood out is like, what the hell is this? Is when it's think the second one with the kid who turns that bit that like strong man. Yeah, and like, and then he just like finds a woman, tries to sleep with her, and then he ends up getting kidnapped, kidnapped, and then he goes, "Oh, I'll sleep, and I'll sleep with this leader," and then goes back and gets a woman, sleeps with her, and it's like, what? Yeah, it was very much a lot of it. Did feel like watching porn that they tried to put a plot to. Yeah, it was literally erotic, wasn't it? It's just... Yeah, it was like someone's weird fantasy thing of like it's a thirteen-year-old who fantasizes about being a, you know, massively muscled man and just. Well, that's also with the first woman he finds, and then like, I, the evil queen woman is like, oh, I would kill you, but actually I will sleep with you instead. Well, I don't know who Heavy Metal is aimed at, but I feel like it might be a case of like. Aimed at the audience. Well, they're trying, yeah, they're trying to make stories for like gross, horny 16 year olds. Yeah. Or 15 year olds or whatever who are like, oh, I'll turn into a hot guy and get to just bang yeah. a bunch of women like and fight a bunch of people and probably probably a case of like call of duty where it's like technically it's 18 rated but really it's aimed at like 13 14 year olds yeah, yeah. i don't know I don't, I don't know anything about the the magazine i forgot yeah. the word magazine then yeah. Yeah. I, know, I noticed <laughs> anything like... about the graphic book thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the book dumber. Yeah. <laughs> oh no we're already pretty dumb to begin yeah with. Um, like I think, like you said, like um, it's it's, 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 def- it's definitely like, like yeah, that, that's all sort of audience like the idea that like you know was it the third or fourth? Star- I can't remember the order now. The the one where the like the the well, I can't remember, like the, the attorney woman like gets sucked in and then she had a sex with the robot. And it's just like it was voiced by John Candy, yeah. which I thought was funny. Yeah, but, but then also the the robots like marry me. Ah. Uh, I really want to get married, and she's like, "We can't get married. I have a boyfriend." I was like, "Oh, please, can we get married?" She's like, "Fine. If you shut up, we'll get married." And then you go over to the pilots, and I'm like, "Well, hang on. As far as I can tell, not more than a couple of hours has passed since she was abducted." Yeah, and also, like, she was like, "Oh, yeah, he's gonna do my dry cleaning." She was like, "I've got a kind of college disappointment." I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, it was so weird. But also, that that whole little story had nothing to do with anything. There wasn't any like pure evil in that. It was just yeah, I I don't know. Some stuff happened. Also, yeah. I like that you could tell the different studios because the size of the green orb changed dramatically depending on which story. Well, I think like, that's the point. I think it's saying about, like, with the, the court one or whatever where it turns small, I think it was like, oh, if he walks into court with this big ball, mm. that I think they were just like, ah, oh, it'll shrink. It'll, like, I think it grew with energy or shrank, like the one ring. It yeah. shrinks to suit its needs or whatever, I guess. But it is, like, that one is real weird where she sort of sleeps with a robot and then they end it on like this really dumb joke and then it just cuts to the two aliens doing coke and trying to fly and it's it has no rel- it's so yeah. bizarrely placed in the film I mean the whole well, film's bizarre yeah well even within that little short nothing is connected and then it's not connected mm. to the bigger thing that it's just well, yeah, like, weird the only real connection is doesn't she have the orb in a necklace to start with, except for the orb is tiny in this one, because it's in a necklace. Yeah, I think. And that, that's yeah. kind of the only connection. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just proper... But it's also like the... They start off with this overarching thing of the space pilot lands in this Corvette and drives across or whatever. Then he brings the orb into the house and immediately dies. 
then it's kind of the thing of like, oh, this girl is the chosen one or whatever, and she, the orb is like trying to tell her about his origins. But then they kind of abandon that. And also it then just becomes, that happens at the beginning of the film, and it keeps cutting back, and it's just her standing scared, and he's just like, and another story. Like, they, <laughs> they don't develop that at all. It's just her in this empty room looking scared, and it will be like, here's another story, and then it will come back to them and be like, it reminds me of the time I went on holiday. Another story. It's like, yeah. yeah. And then also at the end, it's like, and one final story, and then tells the story of how it gets killed, and then at the end of the story dies. And I was like, what? Yeah, Is that supposed to be happening at the same time? What? Really bizarre, isn't it? But then yeah. she and then she up... becomes the new warrior woman. Yeah, but she mm. becomes the warrior woman from the last story. So it's not even the case of like, oh, the first story and the last story connect. It's the last story and the last story connect. Like, yeah. there's no, it's it's just bizarre. It's, there's a version of this film that could be quite well handled, but mm. this is not it. And no, it's just so. It definitely feels a bit like. They were like, oh, we've got this cool idea. We're going to get a bunch of an- directors and a bunch of animated um, animation companies or whatever to come together and write and direct and animate all these different parts um, with the theme of this evil orb. And then they didn't tell anyone anything else on that, and then they completed their yeah. stuff and handed it in, and then they were just like, all right, well, they don't really connect, but eh. Yeah. Like, it it very much reminded like me of trying to do a group project at school, <laughs> where no one really knew kind of like the theming, and you come in and be like, you know, put your PowerPoint together, and everyone's used different designs and different forms. And they all just mashes together. There's a bit so. of overlapping information where people haven't really known what their section was. Yeah, there's a bit in the presentation where they're like, you, you talk cohesively, then you just stop, and someone's like, <laughs> yeah. and now this bit, which doesn't connect at all to the actual PowerPoint, but you're like, well, he went off and did this section, which doesn't connect to what we were doing, but we have to put it in. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's proper, it's just proper weird. It's the thing. It is really weird. Yeah, and I was surprised, nothing I was surprised by is, like, how far they went with the nudity. I was surprised. Mm. How far they pushed it some bits. You only see one dick. Sorry? Yeah. You only see one dick. Yeah, you only see one dick. Technically, it is the dick of like a 13-year-old, so... Well, well, no, it's the dick of his Ready Player One avatar. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. In this fantasy world. But it's weird how, like... I mean, it's not weird, because it happens in fantasy all the time. But all the women are like, well, I'll put some, like, underwear on, but I'll just run around with topless. But all the guys like, that we need to cover everything up, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just proper weird how I mean again it happens. It's, it's definitely like made by a man. Like the idea that like women with tiny waist is huge breasts and like yeah. all sorts. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, really. And again, at first I was like, okay, so they're going for like chest and like they're covering like everything else. But like, but it's like okay, no, you get oh, are you going for it? You going for full frontal? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. How many people do you re- like? It's just proper gross. I can proper imagine it being like a bunch of like old men smoking cigarettes and like drawing a woman with big tits and being like, oh yeah. Like it's just, it seems like a gross movie that I don't know. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's the fact that you can tell the animators are like, this is super hot. Someone's going to, someone's going to find this really attractive. 
that it's just like. Ooh. I think the worst thing to think about would be obviously because they, they obviously would have, they would have shot the film Love Action first. Obviously, I drawn over it, what, but then I'm curious what the women looked like before, and then they just went, "I oh, just joy, like joy this." And I 100. percent I'll try and look it up now. But I 100 percent it was a model. I guarantee oh, you, it was. Yeah, um, it, probably would, it, it would definitely models. Let me look it up. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, but, but yeah, that's what I love people realise. I like because with the animation, there's, there's there's always an actor underneath all that animation. You wonder, like, how much you actually look like that, or like, how, what, are the, what are the odds here that, like, the, the, the musty guy in the film is actually some big fat guy that was drawn around? Yeah. Also, in the first one, the cab driver one, he's like this fat guy who with like a comb over and it's whatever, but it's like he totally gets this really hot babe, and it's like, oh, God, yeah. could, it's just so. It's, <laughs> it's the whole monologue the next day where it's like, I don't know why, I just I felt like I had to help her, and I was there like, it's, it's because she slept with you. Yeah. Like I searched all over. I don't know why. I just couldn't help myself. I searched all over. Yeah, it's because she was. It's because she slept with you, mate. That's why you're trying to find her. Yeah, because you want it again. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I had a duty. No, mate, you just yeah. you slept with her. The you thing is, again. that's why you're doing this. Yeah, like George about the guy got the point. The guy who sat with a cigar. He made it. Like I said, they, they probably drew themselves this fat guy going like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come up. I can get a girl like that. <laughs> like you know, find what they're doing. So, Guarantee yeah. we're gonna like look them up, and they're gonna be like really nice guys who or whatever, but. You get that impression. Money for hey, either way, they, they, made a, they made a gross film. Like we, we, we can diss. <laughs> but I, my also favourite thing about that is that fat, like comb-overed, sleazy guy, gets with this really hot woman and is like, ah, oh, it's all about American know-how. And it's like, oh, come on, this. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, so Tana the Tarkian was rotoscoped using Toronto model Carol Desbins. Does she by chance have huge breasts? I don't have know. To Google what, what was the name again? Carol Desbians, I think. Again, it feels kind of gross to be Googling. <laughs> this movie this movie's so, like, it's so seedy. It's so weird. I think it's so... <laughs> what's, what's real funny is obviously because this film was made quite a while ago now, I've Googled her and she's... Obviously, still around, but he's now like significantly older. <laughs> so you know, like a sixty-year-old woman. That's but a bit it, weird to think about it. She doesn't really. I I mean, the hair, I guess, but she doesn't really look anything like. I don't know. I feel like it was just a woman that they could stand in, yeah. stand in. But it's what I find bizarre about this movie, and the reason I wanted to watch it is that it's got a legitimately interesting. Good <laughs> I found a picture of her, obviously posing for like the. Heavy metal scene, you know, where she, the the bit at the end where she's like suiting up really slowly. Oh yeah. Um, but she's wearing like a swimsuit underneath it, so it looks really weird. She's putting these bits over the top, <laughs> but he's wearing a swimsuit. And then they, and then obviously they just drew like like nipples not over it and stuff. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I would yeah. guess so. But there's yeah, the like the reason I wanted to watch it is because it's got John Candy in, and I was yeah. like, oh, I really like John Candy. This movie like has like kind of got a cult reputation that I remember being like, oh, I've heard that it's all right. It's cut John Candy. I want to see it. But it's so bizarre of like John Candy and like it's produced by Ivan Reitman and Eugene Levy and um, it's uh, got Howard Ramian, yeah, yeah. And there's it. I mean, it is all like um, Canadian actors, and I feel like a lot of that might have come through SCTV. Um, but it is just odd of how good a cast it's got or how like notable a cast it's got 
I think you say that, but I, I, I could bet anything that these people are probably quite proud of what they made. I guess so. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if John Candy is was ever like. No one, I don't think, was like, "Hey, John Candy, what's your favorite movie?" And he was like, "Well, probably heavy metal." Like, yeah. I, I feel like it was probably a case of because like eighty one again, they would have been on SCTV. That it was probably a case of like, ah, oh, this Canadian company or this Canadian film is being made with a bunch of directors and writers and stuff. Do you want to lend your voice? And they're like, yeah, it sounds like kind of fun. I'll do that or whatever. I don't think they were like super proud of it. But at the same time, I feel like that is why this movie has lasted as long as it has or has got the reputation it has. I feel like the fact that it's a John Candy or like a um, Harold Ramey or an Ivan Reitman film carries it an amount. I'm curious, George, when you first watched it and what then led you to watch it. I don't know when I first... Again, the reason I watched it is because I was like, oh, I really like John Candy. He, I, I adore the man. I think he's an amazing. And I was like, at some point, was like, oh, look at his filmography or whatever. There's heavy metal, which is like a sci-fi fantasy animated film. It sounds cool, yeah. That sounds cool. And I like John Candy and all that. Like, I'll check it out. And I don't know when that was or how old I was. Um, I must have been, I don't know, like 16, 17. And watching it was like, this is... What this is that? What? And then you shared it with us. <laughs> well, again, it was a thing of like I don't think we've really talked about it's... this in any way. We've, we've never talked. We've never talked about a sci-fi fantasy well, porno before. It's also as well when I searched it, I recognised again. This is actually from like a, a bit of like because I, I I think this one when I actually researched workscoping again. That's the only thing I've seen this film before. Was I recognised? You know the third character that like big strong guys on, on the trial, yeah. I recognised mm. that character in something I researched. That's why I looked at it and went, that looks familiar. I know I've never seen a film, but like I just recognised that character. And then I know what he's like. I'm really, I'm really sad. I know what that character is now. <laughs> it's horrible. That's, that's that one. Yeah. Again, why would you ever make your main character or whatever hate serial rapist? Well, I, I assume it was because they were trying to show the evil of it, but I just didn't really get it. Because then he gets chased by that dude who like turns into the Hulk, and then at the end he's like, "All right, dude, there's your money," and he's like, "Cheers." And I'm like, "Oh, is it a setup? I don't really know." Yeah, I think it was like he paid him to do that, I guess. Yeah, but I assumed that it was the orb that had turned him into that evil monster. Or well, I it's say evil monster, but again, you're chasing like the evilest dude in the universe. It, so maybe questionable evil. Maybe it was like he like the, some some people could wield the orb. I don't know. I don't know, but then at the end, like, when he gives them the money and he turns back and he's like, alright, cheers, dude. I'm like, oh, so was that whole turning into a monster thing part of it? Was that yes. part of the setup? Yes. Ah. The whole so, point of it, because he kept saying, I've got an angle. I've yeah. got an angle. And the angle was, oh my god, big monster, everyone run away, and then I'm going to escape. Yeah, but, well, you can't um, have a trial if there's no courtroom. Ah. Also, because yeah. I... And then, like, I, it was like, what's the old guy doing anything? story i don't know it's evil um it's evil. Yeah. I, I looked it up who that character is just now and it does say it's considered part han solo part james gardner from the great escape none of those characters raped anyone yes part han solo what well i think it's supposed to be like a uh, rogue character uh that's very rogue it's totally a case of <laughs> that's too rogue that's too rogue <laughs> it's so bizarre. why would you ever do that with a character. I, I... It's almost like someone's son of a woman went, what's evil? Well, yeah, that is evil, but 
like like they just did it out of context. <laughs> yeah. I get it's just bizarre. That is a pretty good example of this film of like that idea maybe of like this sort of rogue captain on trial and he has this way out is I guess kind of a, the seed of a good idea. But they take it too far and they make it gross and it doesn't look good. That I'm like, oh, it's yeah. pretty good analogy of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, uh, uh, should we do a waiting out of five? Sure. What do you guys think, Callum? Like a one and a half, two. Ooh. Yeah, I was kind of along those lines. I was saying a two. Yeah. Two. two. Go with two. Go then. two. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, like it's it interesting comparing different styles of animation. That's the best I can kind of do this one. Mm. Yeah, I think mean, the only reason I've given it a bit like I keep giving it a two is like it's got it's got a pretty good cast in there. Like you know, some of the animation is quite impressive, ugly in some parts, but yeah, it's just yeah. yeah, it's just I'm sure there is an audience for it, and I'm sure there are people who admire this film a lot. I'm not one of those people. I think it's just kind of like it gives off a generally seedy vibe, but I don't think any any aspect of it yeah, is pulled well enough. I, I feel like. Yeah. It probably has a very polarizing reception to it because I feel like I said before people are going, "What the hell is this?" And some people will love this film. Like, like you know, I think it's got, it's got, it's got a cult following. Yes, probably yeah. of the community porn people, people uh, community. No, I don't know what cartoon porn community. That's what I was thinking. They would like this film probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Um, so that, uh, uh, we've all agreed. I'd, uh, I'd give it a two, two star out of five. That was this week's film review, and now we're on over to Alex. What's your film for next week? Well, uh, since George has opened the door to it, I'm just going to go full out and go One Night in Paris. No, I'm kidding. I generally thought you changed. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? So someone is like, I don't get it, and is currently looking it up, and is going to be like, oh, no, uh, yes, no, no, I am not picking a porno. Uh, I. I'm going to pick Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Sorry, if you're listening, like, we, like, Axe mentioned the film to us before, so we and John think Jack Dempsey are like, wait, what? All right, that's not what he said. <laughs> he lied. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so this week's film review. Uh, so next, week's, uh, next week, uh, we'll be reviewing Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and we'll see you next episode where we mind. Yeah. Yes. See you next take, time. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. thank you for listening to real rewind where you can tune into new episodes every monday and wednesday on spotify google Podcasts, breaker pocket cast anchor and radio public please follow real rewind on facebook at the real rewind on twitter and real underscore rewind on instagram see you soon